What is it like going down a track for the first time? How do you how do you manage your emotions there? You, for, for, well, for one thing, you pad up quite well. So I actually have these orthoplast pads for my shoulders that provide that extra protection because you can expect to take hits. And you still study the track as much as you possibly can. We walked it up and down. We looked at the profiles of the curve and we did have one video that was given to us, a point of view video beforehand. That's part of the rules of the sport. So we were able to study that and we were at least able to get a sense of how long we're in the corners. We could see what the corners naturally wanted to do in a couple of places, whether it wanted to spit you out early or whether it wanted to give you late height and push you out and make you hit the, the short wall. So we had an idea and uh, it, after that, it's, it's sort of like solving a giant puzzle. You have to put all these pieces together 
in real time as you're going up to 80 miles an hour. Okay, and then how many times would you have been able to go down the course before actually competing? So we had three weeks of training back in October. And so I think in total, we were offered about 40 runs then. Um, and then we were able to take 10 runs before we raced here. So I didn't take all 40 in October. So it was, it was maybe about 46 runs before we raced, which is also, it's, it's mandated that you have to be offered this minimum number of runs around 40 just to try and solve the track. And, and again, figure out that puzzle. Got it. So you're, you're confident after the amount of times you went down there? Yes. So usually after, luckily for this track, it wasn't too technical. And so I felt safe actually after the very first week. Okay. And then after that, it was more about finding the optimum lines and generating as much speed as possible. And so I, there are some tracks though, it, it can take a lot longer to learn and you take a lot more hits on the way. But this this track here in Yancheng is actually one of the most fun in the entire world. It was absolutely a blast to slide. Awesome. So cool. I do want to touch on your uh, uniform, your your racing outfit, especially with the design. Can you can you tell the listeners about that? Sure. So that actually has a Polynesian design on it. It was made by a tattoo artist, a traditional Samoan tattoo artist of San Diego. His name is Sua Wilson Fitiao. And he was able to draw it by hand on three sheets of, of A4 paper. And then uh, he took a photo of it, then I imported it into Photoshop, and then I cleaned it up, gave it to my speed suit designer, then I had it printed on my sleeve for the Tokyo Summer Olympics, and it's sort of become this little icon of my athletic pursuits that, that I wear for competitions. It's now on our big down Columbia jackets that we have as a team here. And so uh, it's, it's become this nice little artistic piece that I take with me to all these competitions. That's awesome, man. It must, must feel pretty special to have that heritage alongside you. Absolutely. It's so cool to represent a part of the world that rarely gets to the Winter Olympics. Yeah. And hopefully it inspires the next generation of athletes and get some, some more kids at least participating in sports yeah. and hopefully making it to, to the, the Winter Olympic Games. Yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. It was awesome. I, lo I loved looking at the photos. Got some really, really good shots of you. Um, and the design is, you know, compliments them. It, it's awesome. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I did. I also uh, want to briefly touch on Tokyo. How, how was that for you? What, what, how do you compare the two experiences or should you not compare them? Tokyo was a thrill, undoubtedly. I was sort of deer in the headlights for a little while there because everything is overwhelming. You're in this village with over 10,000 people. You've got people from all over the world and a little bit overwhelming at times, but it was extraordinarily special too. And I enjoyed every minute of Tokyo. The difference here though, is that at the Winter Olympics, I'm here with many more of my friends. These are people that I've slid with, competed with for over a decade. These are some of my best friends that I have anywhere. And to be able to share that moment with them, that meant a lot to me. Because this is my primary sport. Skeleton is a, it's how I've self-identified for the past decade. And so to enjoy that with them, to, to watch my friends win Olympic medals, it just, that's a whole new level of enjoyment for me. And I think that's probably what I'll take away the most from this. That's awesome. I was I was not expecting that answer, but I, I can completely understand. Nate, I've got I've got two final questions for you. First, mm -hmm. what's next for you? Next for me is I have to sell a book. Oh I wrote yeah. A book. Yeah. It's called 
Alpha Status, a nonfiction novel. And I spent four years writing this. Uh, I wrote it following my, my failure at making the, the previous Winter Olympic Games. And uh, I'd say it's a bit, it has nothing to do with sports. It's a, it's a bit like Wolf of Wall Street, uh, but in a much more contemporary setting. It has some really nerdy stuff, stuff from The Economist or Financial Times. Then it also has a very distinctly Fifty Shades of Grey angle to it that gets into fun culture and uh, the drug, sex, and alcohol side of, of Wall Street. And and so yeah, now, now that I'm a retired skeleton racer, I've got to try and sell this book and, and hopefully launch into uh, another career as a, as a novelist if, if this succeeds and if, if I can make a living with it. There are plenty of other stories that I, I would love to, to share and I would, would love to continue with that. So that that's the most immediate thing in terms of my, my uh, career, but I, I still want to be an athlete and I still want to compete in some track and field meets. I'll represent American Samoa uh, at some athletics meets over the summer. And beyond that, it's TBD. Good man. Good man. Well, good luck with all of that. You've, you've got a lot to do still by the sounds of it. Thank you. I do. And I, I've got to keep it busy, keep it interesting. And um, hopefully it'll, it'll continue to be good things. Good man. Good man. And then the final question is for our younger audience. Lots of them are not necessarily competing in sport, as I said, but but a portion of them will be. They're looking for success in whatever they're trying to do right now. Can you give us, you know, it's not easy to narrow it down, but what, what is your one top tip after going through some adversity yourself? My, my top reflection item would be that it's a grind. It's not easy. It takes more time, more effort, more money and resources in many instances to, to reach that goal. It's if you're an optimistic person, you're naturally viewing the world through rose colored lenses and you sometimes get hit by these doses of reality and these setbacks and so many different things that make that journey harder. And so as I reflect on, on this past skeleton career, the past 11 years, it, it's pretty shocking sometimes what I, what I put up with and what I had to go through to get it done. And so I would say that it takes a lot of grit, a lot of determination and the journey is rarely that, that easy. Awesome. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was amazing to chat to you. I've, I've done a lot of research in the last few days, so very happy to have got the opportunity and good luck with your next endeavors. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Ben. It's been a pleasure. Good man. Thank you. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now.